0: Welcome to the Bike Portland podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Moss. In this episode, I'll have you take a journey with me down to the state capitol in Salem, where last Thursday on April 13th, I joined a coalition of advocates uh, from a, a group called the Just Crossing Alliance. This is several dozen nonprofits from throughout the state of Oregon. These are Environmental groups, transportation groups, land use groups, uh, social justice groups, just a really growing organization. They've got a new campaign called Right Size Right Now, and it's all targeted toward trying to encourage lawmakers and the Oregon Department of Transportation to not spend so many billions of dollars on the Interstate Bridge Replacement Program project that project is actually much more than just a bridge replacement, although I feel like some of the powers that be want us to think it's just about a bridge. In reality, it's a five-mile expansion of I-5 between Portland and Vancouver with at least a half a dozen mega interchanges that they want to build to reach up to the new expanded freeway and new bridge, uh, and it's estimated to cost anywhere from around $6 billion to $7.5 billion. So members of this just Crossing Alliance Coalition, they organized a transportation lobby day down in Salem, and they invited advocates from all over Oregon, folks like you and I, who just took a day off work, took a day off school, got themselves down to Salem any way they could. They met in the morning at the headquarters of the Oregon Department of Transportation, which I found which I found to be kind of fun and ironic in a way. Uh, they, they met there to organize with each other, get to know each other a little bit, have their their baked goods and coffee. And then they separated into smaller groups and they crossed the Capitol Mall over into the state capitol where they spent the morning meeting with their elected officials. And as they went about their day, I ran around and tried to corner as many folks as I could to ask them about their feelings on the project, what their hopes and dreams were for the day, and. Uh, how some of their meetings with uh, lawmakers went. I tried to talk to all types of different people from different backgrounds and ages. And I also managed to score some time with House Representative Mark Gamba, who's a leading voice for climate change uh, legislation and also a progressive voice for transportation. And I also interviewed Representative Con Pham uh, several times, actually first in the morning that you'll hear first. And then I was able to go on a walk with her later in the day. And we talked while we walked. And with that, here's the episode. Hi, Rep. Fam. Any any thoughts as we start our day here? I am
1: super excited. We have not had many opportunities for the public to speak out about this really important billion-dollar proposal, so I'm really excited that the public is here, determined to have their voice be heard. So I'm looking forward to the rest of the day.
0: As a lawmaker, it's got to feel. How does it change an issue to have an actual group show up in Salem like this?
1: Well, it's not just one group, right? I'm seeing so many groups. It's just intergenerational group with high school students, um, parents, senior seniors, um, engineers out here, public health advocates. Um, it really does mean so much to have the community, the real system users come out to be able to have their voices heard. Do
0: things go really well today. What, what does that look like for you?
1: My vision is that legislators understand the choice that's at stake here. Sometimes we're seeing this... you know presented with this choice in isolation it's either do this or we kill the bridge and I think I hope they see that there's many more choices we have a lot more power to have some oversight over this project to constrain the cost to make sure that we can invest in what our constituents are telling us they need which is safety investments climate action and public health improvements
2: my name is Jacob Appanis. Uh, I'm a resident in Portland. I've lived there my whole life. And I'm coming to Salem to talk about the Interstate Bridge Replacement Program. Uh, my chief concerns are more about the funding of it. Well, there's a lot of concerns I have, but the biggest one is that if we build a bridge of the size, will be stuck into a lot of carbon emissions that will ruin my future. I'm 24, um, so a lot of my time is still left on this earth. Um, and then outside of that, um, if we fund a bridge that is seven and a half billion dollars, we won't have funding for education, for other towards, for, for forms of active act transportation or public transportation. We won't have a lot of stuff that really works for people in the next three, four decades. I just don't see this the state ever recovering from this kind of bridge replacement.
0: Now are you uh, here with a, with a group? Are you like uh, a registered lobbyist? Are you just here on your own free time? Like what's up with that?
2: Uh, I, I just volunteer. So I'm pretty involved with stuff with 350 PDX and with Strong Towns Portland and I do some work with uh, other like climate groups but for the most part I'm here on my own will. Yeah.
0: And what about specifically you're hoping to do today in the capitol building?
2: Um, so, my senator is Lou Frederick and my representative is uh, Tanya Sanchez. Both are on the Ways and Means Committee. Uh, I think Frederick is actually on the Transportation Subcommittee and then Sanchez is the co-chair of the Ways and Means. So, they two very important people dealing with the budget this year. I think because I have that, since I am their constituent, it's very important for me to have time to talk to them and hopefully at least sway their opinion on funding a smaller bridge. And
0: then what do you hope to get out of today, like on your on your drive or on your bus ride back to Portland? What are you hoping happens today? Well, I guess the dream is that they
2: agree to not fund a bridge. I think uh, more realistically, meeting people that are like like-minded and have a, a innate desire to help and a really strong will to actually see change. Um, so, if if nothing, just to meet people that also want to see
0: change from Portland. Walking toward the Capitol, can you say your name and? Uh what you're doing here today?
3: Uh, Steph Routh, um, I'm walking towards the Capitol with you, Jonathan.
0: (laughs) What what, what capacity are you here in today?
3: Oh, that's a good question. I am here in a personal capacity because we've spent a lot of time talking about this one bridge. And uh, we're gonna talk about it a little more.
0: What are you going to do today? What do you have, what do you have planned specifically?
3: Oh. Well, I'm looking forward to, I'm really looking forward to supporting Rep Fam, who's been such a, a wonderful champion for looking at, you know, how do we build a bridge that meets everyone's needs without indenturing future generations to, uh, to investments that we can't afford. So I think that that's the number one, how can we support Rep. Fam and other champions of, uh, of a better project? on a shorter timeline.
0: When you're, when you're headed home today, what, what will you hope to have in your heart if all things go well?
3: Sidewalks in East Portland. We can finally fund them. <laughs> That's what I got. I love <laughs> that you made a, a, a direct
0: connection between fighting for a right-sized bridge to the, Port, the East Portland sidewalks, which is something you've been talking about for years.
3: Yes, well, thank you, Jonathan. And we're gonna get there.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Steph. Okay, can you say your name and like who you're here with and what you...
4: I am Aaron Brown, and uh, I'm here today on behalf of uh, Representative Confam. I'm uh, working with her in the legislature. She's on the Transportation Committee and uh, just really excited to have this many community advocates come to Salem to talk about interstate bridge replacement. What do you hope to accomplish today? I hope we can establish that there is genuine enthusiasm for supporting building a bridge that's the right size so we have the resources for all the other transportation investments across the state that we want to see. Uh, I think it's really wonderful to work for a representative that understands the importance of bringing community voices to the Capitol. Um, It's someone that works in the Capitol but I'm remote, I'm not in this building that often and it feels very empowering to bring people into the government building where all these decisions are made and to just have us all have a presence and to be actively getting to talk to the people that every other year for a couple weeks decide how the state transportation funding is going to go down. Since you had a role in organizing some of this stuff today can you help
0: uh, explain to folks what actually will happen. They'll have uh, You've got a bunch of advocates here, but what will they be
4: doing in the Capitol today? Uh, we're going to be talking to as many legislators as we possibly can. And then later at the afternoon, we're going to hear the informational hearing from ODOT. Uh, it's going to be presenting to the Joint Committee on Transportation. Uh, and then just hearing their dog and pony show about cool. the project. <laughs> Anything else you want people to know? Just in my years of advocacy, I don't think until I had worked in the state legislature that I fully understood... How much Salem in this building right here we're walking by uh, has enormous clout and power over the direction of ODOT and the more like, you know and I'm certainly as an advocate I've spent plenty of time heckling the state agency ODOT as well as the Oregon Transportation Commission and both of those entities are important and relevant um, but the state legislature and the Joint Committee on Transportation play an enormous role and the more that we as advocates continue to build these relationships the better.
5: Zachary Lauritsen, Oregon Walks Interim Director, uh, here with the Just Crossing Alliance. Um, and what we're here to do is to say, let's not put all our eggs in one basket of our of the, the monies in the state of Oregon, um, and let's right-size the bridge so that we aren't overbuilding a, a freeway expansion. Tell me who you met with so far and sort of how those meetings went. Yeah, so we've had our first meeting but we're broken up into a bunch of different groups. So my team had our first meeting with Senator Dimbro. Um, he was great because he was actually present for us. A lot of the representatives and senators have not been, so he showed up with part of our meeting. Um, and what he shared was interesting. He shared that because tolling is so controversial and that this bridge funding mechanism is based so heavily on tolling as part of that revenue generation, um, that we have to have that conversation before we can talk about the whole project. And that felt new to me, um, which was interesting. Openness to, to really talking about
0: right-sizing the bridge, which is also exciting. I mean, th- those are important conversations. Is there something else in particular you're hoping to take away with you from this event today? Really what I'd
5: like to know is who all the allies are in the building who understand that we have to do this differently than just a massive ODOT-driven freeway expansion. And once we get a sense of who those folks are and who we need to support and
0: who we need to, to bring along with us, then that will help us kind of guide our next steps. Any sense of if that coalition is growing or any any grade of optimism or, or pessimism in, in regard in, in your view of that? Totally. Look, man. I think that people are recognizing if you start
5: spending literally hundreds of millions, likely billions of dollars of general fund money on one project, so that people from Washington can skip down to shop tax free in Oregon, that that does not meet the needs of their constituents. And so I feel like once they hear that and that they understand that
0: that's what the trade-offs are, uh, that we're going to build this coalition. Is part of what you're doing down here, um, trying to maybe counter what some of these elective, uh, what some of these electeds have heard so far about the project? Oh, yeah, no doubt. There has not been a robust
5: public conversation about the trade-offs. And so if we can bring them along to understand what they are trading off from meeting the needs of their constituents, the diverse needs of their constituents, uh, then we're going to get them to move along in this direction.
6: Yeah, so my name is Naomi Markel. I'm 18. I'm a senior in high school in Portland, Oregon. And I'm here... Well, primarily because my friends care a lot about this and so I do too. And also because um, I guess growing up in Portland, my two biggest like worries have been number one, the earthquake. So obviously I really want this bridge replacement done. And then number two, climate change, because it is the most pressing, pressing issue of my generation. Um, I remember driving down the highway one day and I just like saw this fog descend and so as soon as I got home I stepped out of my car and I was like oh this is gonna be awesome like a nice fall fog ambiance and I breathed in and it was wildfire smoke and I was like choking trying to get into my house and that just really shook me and made me realize that it's only gonna get worse from here and so I've been organizing with Portland Youth Climate Strike for the last three years yeah
0: How do you connect some of those concerns to being at the transportation lobby day here in Salem?
6: Transportation is such a huge issue because um, vehicle emissions are one of the top drivers of climate change and the only solution is to transition away from cars and to mass transit.
0: What have you done here so far today?
6: Uh, so my group has visited um, two representatives, or actually their staffers. We've talked to Rep. Helfrich, uh, who's a Republican, and also um, Rep. Uh, Sanchez, who's a Democrat.
0: Any takeaways from those meetings you want to share?
6: Yeah. Um, so the staffer from Helfrich um, had some. We really tried to hammer home hammer home um, financial points. Uh, and uh one of his concerns was that the light rail is going to be one of the more expensive aspects of this proposal um and we just really wanted to emphasize that like that is the most important part that is what we care about additionally uh like this is such a huge project that it's going to take away money from other counties so like his county will be defunded if this passes and then yeah, the uh, representative from uh, Reps. Wait,
0: wait, wait, so Helfrich was saying that light rail would be an expensive part of the project. Was he saying that like in a negative sense, like, like so that's a big expense he wasn't super supportive of?
6: Yeah, exactly. So that was really interesting. That was very controversial, um, and it was in his, it was his staffer by the way, not him.
0: Okay, so you met with the staffer. So, so but you got your points out there. And so, uh, t- yeah, okay, tell me about the other meeting
6: yeah um the other meeting was a lot smoother we met with the staffer for um, rep sanchez and um, he was very receptive he did say that she would side on she would side with moving away from cars towards uh, more mass transit but then again we'll see how she votes how she votes when the bill gets on the floor.
0: Anything else you wanna share?
6: This is awesome and everyone should come to the climate strike on Friday, April twenty first. Meet at Convention Center at ten AM. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
7: Uh, My name is Ada Crandall. I'm 17. I'm here today with the Just Crossing Alliance, lobbying our legislators to support an interstate bridge replacement project that is fiscally responsible and will ensure a reduction in emissions instead of an increase.
0: And you've been in some meetings already today. Who have you met with?
7: We met with Representative Helfrich's staff person and Representative Sanchez's staff person.
0: Can you share anything about how those conversations went?
7: Yeah, the first meeting, there was a lot of resistance to support the Just Crossing Alliance's proposal. Um, he had a lot of technical questions about like how it would work to do something different. Um, overall, I think that it was pretty neutral. But yeah, again, like a Republican representative, and so mainly leaning into the points about fiscal responsibility um, and really highlighting the fact that every dollar that goes to the interstate bridge replacement is a dollar that's not going to, you know, fixing roads in other parts of the state or like having access to basic um, transportation for people who don't drive.
0: So you tried to use the fiscal conservative yes. thing with it the fiscal like conservative. Don't,
7: don't say climate sort yeah. of meeting.
0: But So we heard you and I mean, can you put into context, you know, what just doing that means to the stuff you care about, right? Like just having those conversations.
7: Yeah, I think it's really important that we're engaging... Um, legislators from all sides of the political spectrum because this is an investment that is being made by the full state and affects the whole state. And there are a lot of different reasons um, that we need a right sized interstate bridge. And not all of them are the really like lefty climate reasons. There are a lot of points that do appe- appeal to these Republican lawmakers who care about, yeah, fiscal responsibility. Um, and so it was interesting the contrast of those two meetings because in the first, with the Uh, Republican staffer. It was very focused on the fiscal side of things. But then with um, Representative Sanchez's staffer, we were able to talk more about climate emergency and the need for emissions reduction. Um, And so there are a lot of different angles that we can attack this project from um, in a way that will hopefully be able to get bipartisan support for a bridge that will ultimately be better for the whole state.
8: Uh, my name is Josh Florenti, I'm with Opal Environmental Justice Oregon and we're a member of the Just Crossing Alliance and uh, when I reflect on the history of this bridge, um, specifically the indigenous people who were uprooted to build this bridge, black neighborhoods paved over to connect it to the highway, and frontline communities who are surviving you know, toxic air pollution from the freeway, and when I think about that history and the need to replace this bridge now, I am reminded of our collective responsibility to be good stewards of this land and of public dollars. And to me, this bridge is either going to be just another overpriced, uh, you know, freeway polluting community harming bridge, or it's going to be the safer bridge that the region needs now and that future generations deserve.
0: Can you share anything about how that kind of conversation went while you're in the meetings with legislators?
8: Yeah, well, I reminded folks that you know the politics of the day can oftentimes obscure, um, you know, our fundamental responsibilities to this land and to this place. So I offered that perspective uh, as a sort of grounding for our conversations with legislators today so that um, they understand the the values that are guiding not only the Just Crossing Alliance, but with Opal Environmental Justice specifically. Like, you know, these are the communities and the people that we're looking out for. And um, this bridge not only needs to serve the needs of the region now, but it needs to meet the needs of future generations as well. And oftentimes I was the youngest person in the room talking with these legislators and I had to make sure that uh, they knew that, you know, younger people are wise to the climate crisis and are making choices like choosing public and active transit. Um, and and so we really wanna make sure that this bridge respects and honors that by making sure that that is front and center in the design of this bridge and not just a side piece that can be discarded later. And you felt like that message was uh, received well uh, among the folks you talked to today? I, I do believe that message was received well. Um, I think legislators are interested in learning more and are looking for community voices to guide them as decisions come up around this bridge. So I really hope the voice of the Just Crossing Alliance was was resonating in the halls of of, of the Capitol today. And um, I want legislators to know that we are here as a coalition of communities to, we're speaking up about what values we wanna see reflected in this bridge, in the the construction and design and planning of this bridge. And um, we wanna be a resource to legislators if they wanna learn more and wanna hear where community is at on this project, all they have to do is pick up the phone and call us, and we're we're happy to be a resource. Hi, my name is Brett Morgan. I work for One Thousand
9: Friends of Oregon as their Transportation and Great Communities Policy Manager. Uh, I'm here today on behalf of the Just Crossing Alliance, which 1000 Friends is a member of. Uh, 1000 Friends is a land use and planning nonprofit that does statewide work for 50 years, uh, ensuring that Oregonians uh, can live in great communities urban and also protect our wild and urban places. Uh, but a lot of why we're here today had to do with the history of 1000 Friends and our concern about what growth we're setting our region up for in the sense of, you know, are we making the necessary investments in uh, light and transit and safety and other things that we know we need? And are we having an honest conversation about the trade-offs of investing uh, in this bridge and what that means for other statewide priorities? Can you say anything about how you
0: think the message of um, right size right now was received in the Capitol today?
9: Yeah, I think legislators were interested and ready to talk about the i-5 bridge i also think that um they're very receptive of the right size right now package i think most of what we're talking about on paper is is very reasonable about you know wanting to make sure we have multiple cards for legislators to play uh, making sure that they can be a conscious investor um with what kinds of investments they're making and not just bundle everything together into one big project um And I think a lot of them also heard our concerns about what is the impact to the local communities, what's the impact to, uh, you know, air quality and the environment and so on. So, you know, I think there's a lot of angles for folks to approach this issue, and I think a lot of it was very well received.
0: Um, Do you mind sharing what you think is like the path forward for this uh, this initiative uh, in terms? I think a lot of people just are thinking is it
9: possible to, you know, change the course of this massive ship that's going down the river? Sure. So I think today was about demonstrating to legislators that there's a lot of people paying attention and that this isn't on quote-unquote cruise control, it's about making sure that we're uh, there are members of the public who are really engaged and paying attention. So I think we were really successful in doing that and creating a presence in the building. And we had almost sixty people show up here on Salem, uh, in Salem late in session, which is a really big achievement in of itself. I think to, to show that like level of power. Um, as far as the path forward, I think where we have a lot more detail about what we're asking for but that wasn't really appropriate for like a lobby day meeting because uh, most of these people are either hearing about the ifi bridge for the first time as members or as members of the public and and so on so we didn't want to get there so the next steps are is we're taking the information in the meetings we had today doing a lot of follow-up and also reaching out specifically to people on Ways and Means, people on the Joint Committee on Transportation, uh, Senate and House leadership, and start to engage on a more deep level about what we think are some of the specific ways we can right-size this project right now. Because uh, our goal is to offer a wide array of of thoughts, opinions, language to legislators so they can sort of pick out what they need in order to find that security and that trust in this project. I see what you're saying.
0: Okay, so do you think it's Correct for me to assume that a lot of these lawmakers, even at this stage of how long we've been talking about this project, correct for me to assume that they have maybe not been hearing of large diversity of ideas about the project and maybe are just kind of going along to get along or just only hearing from ODOT or the, or WashDOT.
9: Yeah, I mean, I can't speak to what level members are doing outreach and research on their own, but I think the fact that we're having an informational hearing tonight, not a public hearing, kind of says a lot about how the public is allowed to engage in on this project. Um, I'll also add, you know, that we're only getting bill language like on this now and a couple we- like maybe a week ago and we're talking about voting on this potentially by the end of May. So, it's been really hard for us to figure out those opportunities for a meaningful engagement as well. Okay. Thanks, Brett. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Right
0: now. Right, now. Right, time. right now. Get to chat with Rep Mark Gamba here, former Milwaukee City of Milwaukee Mayor. First of all, let's uh, just Tell me how you've sort of, um, I've talked to you about climate change in the past and transportation issues. How has that sort of hit as you've transitioned back down in here to being a representative in Salem?
10: Uh, it's interesting to me that so many folks working in this building don't have a clear understanding of how we fund transportation in this state and how limited and lopsided it is. and that it really is going to be a, a big hurdle to, to begin to reduce our climate impacts from a transportation standpoint. Um, you know, this a highway trust fund has to be used on the right of ways. So that really reduces a lot of options right there. How do you think that maybe there, uh, lack of understanding
0: about how transportation funding works how do you think that plays into this sort of late in the session ask for like a billion dollars to fund one project and also how they're you know talking about raising that revenue through you know bonding and stuff like that do you think those two things are connected
10: yes um and i think it's even a bigger picture than that right it's not just the IBR the IBR the Rose Quarter the 205 the Abernathy 217 the Boom Bridge Right, that's 16 billion dollars worth of stuff that we are kind of just sleepwalking into. I mean, really, um, and that's setting the state up for a whole lot of debt, and it's going to suck the guts out of what money we have for transportation. And none of that really reduces our climate impact. So, I mean, the bridge—you could argue—it's got good light rail, it's got bike pad, but until the system matches up with what's going across that bridge you know it's it's not quite there so um i i'm looking forward to 2025 because we're supposed to have a bigger transportation conversation we are really going to have to think as a state about shifting the way we think about transportation
0: you're in these committee meetings uh i've seen you testify uh and i know that you have you know a certain amount of interaction with odot staff right so they're really good at answering in the positive when you talk about how let's say some statement like all their projects are widening freeways and they're not doing enough to because they can answer in the affirmative right they can say we're spending record amounts on and you've probably heard this right we're spending record amounts on safe routes we have a whole public transit division we've building a multimodal so how how do you as a representative respond to that and really drill down into yeah
10: but or do you say that like how does that i don't I don't yeah but them because that's that's a you know that t- and turns in, into a circular argument. But um, I point out that we have more people dying on our streets than ever before. I, I point out that uh, while we may be spending more in raw dollars on those things, as a proportion of the transportation money that we're spending out there, I'm not seeing that we're spending significantly more money than we've ever spent before on those kinds of things. Do you
0: think that I'm just to try to think of the state of mind of some of why we're in this place where we are. It does look like we're pumping out these freeway expansion projects, and we are. It doesn't look like it, we are. Do you think that in the building, and right across from us here at the ODOT building as well, so also in the capital, are, is this, Is it because of people thinking that EV fleet transition is gonna make it all better? Um, I think there are some uh, high-level staff at ODOT that just think, I mean, the director has, has said that, that, you know, if a freeway is moving well in terms of no traffic, that it actually, reduces climate impacts like what are some of the arguments you're hearing that
10: you think are driving these kind of decisions yeah that is that is a classic argument Uh, chris has never actually said that to me um i find him to be relatively knowledgeable on climate and i think he understands induced demand i don't think that's a that's a mystery to him um but i will tell you that that's a big old ship to turn and it's not just what the director thinks or wants. I mean, there's a lot of people in that building, and the decisions they're making down the line are, are actually... So what it, we're, we're going to really have to set the direction for the Department of Transportation from the Capitol. We're going to have to say, look, we need to think about transportation in a different way. We need to think about the way we fund it. We need to think about what we spend it on once we have funded it. And we need to think about what are our goals with transportation, not just getting you know, automobiles from point A to point B as fast as possible, but getting humans from point A to point B, and getting goods from point A to point B. Those are different conversations, and we've always kind of treated them as the same conversation. That's what we've got to start picking apart and really start thinking about transportation for this century, not transportation for the last century. And. Things like this kind of lobby day, having people down here, you think is a big part of that. It helps. It absolutely helps. I mean, the more, the more legislators hear from constituents that transportation, the way it's working for them, is not working. That's important. Um, and the more they can point to the why's of it not working, that's really helpful. It it helps, con and and myself and Pam and the handful of people who are in the building that get it that are trying to make these changes it helps us when we go back and we're having that conversation with them yeah. but it's going to be it's going to be a lot of work over the next several years
0: thanks for Gamble, I appreciate it talking to rep Confam here now and you this is your third session here right
1: this is my third session my second term
0: so, and you're, uh, you're on the Joint Tra- joint Committee on Transportation, right? So yes, you have-
1: and on the I'm, also, I'm on the Joint Committee on Transportation and the Bi-State I-5 Bridge Committee, which uh, can, has not met once this session.
0: And also the meeting, I won't call it a hearing, the meeting that we're going to later uh, is not a public hearing. And I've heard some talk around here with this lobby day that folks are a little disappointed that people won't have a chance to speak up.
1: Yeah, to be honest I understand that frustration. This is it's what's called an informational hearing and there's only invited testimony. They're not allowing any public testimony on this bill. Um, that I think the meeting materials were posted just a few hours ago and I think I think that we really need to make sure that this is a really transparent and democratic process. This is a billion-dollar, once-in-a-generation investment we're making, and we need to have robust public engagement to make sure that this investment is really aligning with the priorities of of the people of Oregon.
0: Can you help frame sort of what you think are some of the narratives or some of the... Some of the assumptions being made by some of your colleagues that are sort of causing us to be pouring so many billions of dollars into what feel like a lot of people here today, the same old kind of projects. What are some of the narratives they're hearing or arguments that they're making?
1: You know, underlying a lot of it is this idea that there is no alternative and that they're being forced into basically just one choice to either... You either say yes or you forego billions of dollars in federal grants and you never build a bridge. And the truth is we have so much more power. It's ironic that the most the 90 most powerful people in the state would feel powerless to actually to actually hold their state transportation agency accountable, to be creative, to envision new alternatives, both build a new crossing that we need that's seismically resilient and has high capacity public transit, and still have enough money left over to safe routes to school, to maintain our roads, fix our potholes, and and stop the epidemic of traffic violence that we're currently experiencing.
0: So sort of on the flip side of that is what are, I mean, I guess you just listed them, but I guess bringing it more specifically to this interstate bridge, you know, freeway project, um, uh, what are some of the compelling messaging you think that will maybe help start to sway some of these conversations? Are there what kind of messaging do you think will get through to some of your colleagues in terms of maybe having them think that there are some other options?
1: I mean, I love this Right Size Right Now campaign. I think it is intersecting and saying, yes, you can build a bridge, but but there are some choices. It can be overbuilt, overblown, and way too expensive that will bankrupt our transportation system, or we can build a right-size bridge that meets our needs but no more. So I think those are the messages that I think people are, com- are compelling yeah. and also just the, the message about accountability I think is really resonating <laughs> with legislatures that, that this is ODOT is an agency that has an over 5.5 billion dollar biennial budget and it's our responsibility to make sure that we're providing effective oversight into how those taxpayer dollars are being spent.
0: So fiscal, fiscal responsibility being a good a good way to get some some leverage in there. Yeah,
1: it's, what, one of, it's one of those interesting things where the climate movement and the and the folks advocating for fiscal responsibility are really finding a lot of shared um, a lot of shared values.
0: Well, I think if you talk to people that were around last time with the CRC, I mean, I think a lot of people remember that failing because of the fiscal argument. So, do you have? Uh, can you? Can you share how your work down here in the Capitol around transportation um, has changed in the sessions, you know, in the successive sessions you've been here? Um, It seems to me that this session you're doing more transportation work than you've done. Is that, tell me about how you've evolved in terms of this issue of transportation.
1: Sure. Well, this is actually the first long session I've had where I have been on the Transportation Committee. In 2021, I was on the Climate Committee and I was focused on passing HB 2021, our Clean Electricity for All bill. Um, But in 2022, um, I really lobbied hard to to get appointed. Uh, Actually, I lobbied in 2021 as soon as my first session was over to get appointed to the Joint Transportation Committee. You know, I've always just been really a passionate transit rider and passionate about public transit and it's been a real journey for me for sure. I think mostly I'm building confidence for myself. I didn't think I was an expert on transportation. Uh-huh. I thought other people knew more and it was something that I needed to um, defer more to others. And it has been really eye-opening for me to realize that actually compared to other legislators I actually do know a lot of about transportation and that, and really to just own my own expertise as somebody who has been dependent on public transit in the past and does know what it's like to have to try to navigate the bus system and really depend on it. And, and I think that my voice and, uh, and the voices of people, the one in four Oregonians who don't drive or can't drive, um, the people who, who the transportation system doesn't currently serve, do have really important experiences and that and our, our voices need to be reflected in the policies and the funding of our transportation system
0: now that you've been on, you've seen the sort of inner workings of how transportation policies being made here. Can you share your thoughts about what you see as a possible different path forward for this interstate project?
1: I think that we can invest in a seismically resilient bridge. We can make sure that there's really state-of-the-art public transit on the bridge and still have enough money left over by by making the bridge a height that it can connect to the existing freeway interchanges so we don't have to rebuild miles and miles of freeways and mega ramps um, and have money left over for the safety improvements, the public transit service, um, the just basic road maintenance that my constituents are asking for.
0: Okay, thank you, RepFam. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. Right i got to run back. Right See you. Now. And that'll do it for this episode. You've been listening to interviews from the Transportation Future Lobby Day organized by Just Crossing Alliance and their Right Size Right Now campaign on April 13th at the state capitol in Salem. The Bike Portland Podcast is a production of Pedaltown Media Incorporated. If you like this episode, please subscribe and browse our archives for past shows. Leave us a review and tell your friends about it. Bike Portland is a community media source that relies on the community and individual subscribers to stay in business. Please sign up today if you aren't a subscriber already. And I'm your host, Jonathan Maz. Until next time, I'll see you in the streets.